Do you know what you should be doing when it comes to your diet and health, but struggle with the getting it done part? Bodymetrics is excited to bring back Jumpstart, a six-week health and weight loss class that focuses on education and accountability. The class includes six weeks of live teachings, exercise plans, sample meal plans, daily motivation emails, and a free 30-minute private session with one of our dietitians. The class starts March 2nd, perfect timing to recommit to your health goals and get ready for summer. To reserve your spot or find out more details, visit bodymetricspa.com forward slash jumpstart. Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Today we're going to be talking about the topic of labeling foods as either good or bad. So I'm going to pose that question to you. What foods do you label as either good or bad? It's interesting. They did a study where they asked four-year-olds to identify what foods are good. And one young girl mentioned strawberries, popsicles, and lollipops. But when they asked that same question to a 40-year-old woman, she mentioned grass-fed, organic, clean, only fresh produce, uh, nothing with any added sugars or artificial sweeteners. The list went on and on. And I find it so interesting that a four-year-old just named foods off the top of their head, both healthy and joy foods, foods that just made her feel good. That's how she labeled things as, that's how she labeled foods as good. But an adult who has been introduced to diet culture went off on a rant about what ingredients should be in the food, the state of those ingredients. Did you know there is actually a medical condition called orthorexia. Orthorexia is the pursuit of only eating healthy foods. And what happens in orthorexia is because that person is in pursuit of only eating healthy foods, they end up eliminating so many foods that they end up losing weight. And so Unlike anorexia, where the motivation is to lose weight, to be skinnier, the motivation in orthorexia is not to lose weight. It's to be as healthy as the person can possibly be to the point of obsession 
and harm to the body. In fact, I actually did an interview for a local news station about orthorexia, oh goodness, maybe five or six years ago. Just as a side note, I was terrified. They put that light right in my face and they shoved that microphone right near my mouth. And I, I don't even know how I came up with a cohesive sentence. I was just trying not to look like a deer in a headlight. But orthorexia has been around for a long time. And I just think how sad that we have had to create this condition that never existed 40, 50 years ago because of how our diet culture has molded us into what we believe when it comes to our food. So here's the deal. There is no such thing as a good or bad food. When we start labeling foods as good or bad, what happens is we start to create feelings of either praise or guilt. When we eat foods that are good, then we feel really good about ourselves. I made a good choice today. But when we eat foods that are bad, we feel guilty. We feel shame. We want to hide. We want to comfort ourselves. It goes both ways. And so we have to really be careful of the process of labeling foods as good or bad because what it does is it slowly diminishes our relationship with food and our bodies. I've recently been doing so much work with my clients on creating healthier relationships with food. You know, so many people come in, I want a better relationship with food. This is how it starts. It starts with what we tell ourselves. It starts with the words we use and the thoughts we think that we repeat over and over again. And so I like to do a lot of work on breaking down some of those belief systems that are untrue and are harmful. When we label foods, we start to feed a shame cycle where we start to question what we're eating and how it measures up to the people around us. And ultimately what happens is we lose confidence in our ability to make good decisions for our own bodies. Bottom line, that's what happens. We start feeding into a shame cycle and then we start to question every decision we make because we don't trust ourselves. And that is what ultimately threatens our self-esteem when we don't, when we can't trust ourselves, when we don't feel like we can trust ourselves. And then what stems from that is we start to internalize ourselves as good or bad, depending on what food we ate that day. I can't tell you how many clients come into my office and say, I was good today. Oh, I was so bad today. And I will actually ask them if they tell me, you know, I was so bad today. Like, what did you do? Oh, I ate cookies. Did you steal the cookies? Now, if you don't know me personally, I'm a very sarcastic person. I am trying to work on not being so sarcastic. Um, And my clients will tell me I have a face. So if they say something that I you know, maybe questioning or want them to think about in a way, apparently I make a face. I have no poker face and I'm really working on it. But when somebody tells me that they were bad today, 
I just, I don't even try to hide it. That's when the sarcasm just jumps right out because I want people to realize how absurd their comment is. I'm not trying to be mean to that person. I'm not trying to be rude. I just want them to understand the gravity of those words and how it ultimately leads to a poor relationship with food. So I ask them, did you steal those cookies? And they look at me and they're like, of course not. I'm like, then you are not a bad person. Eating a cookie is not, does not make you a bad person. Eating 30 cookies does not make you a bad person. Eating 130 cookies does not make you a bad person. A bad person is one that steals and cheats and lies and murders and and does horrible things to other people. That is what a bad person is. Not a person who ate a cookie or ate a piece of cake or even ate half the cake. We have to be really careful about the language we use around food because anything that you say often, anything that you repeat, your brain is going to believe. And if you are constantly telling yourself that I was bad today, it's eventually going to work on your psyche. We think that guilt is going to motivate us, but ultimately it just makes us feel worse. And then we need a coping strategy. And then the, the midbrain, the toddler brain, the part of our brain that is responsible for habits, you know, when we start to not feel well, all of a sudden the habit brain, you know, raises his hand and says, pick me, pick me. I know what to do. When we don't feel good, we eat. And then we wonder why we have a bad relationship with food because the cycle continues over and over and over again. Here's the deal. Diet culture has taught us that there are a list of rules to follow. And the more complicated the rules and the system, the more we need them, the more we need to depend on them for help. And listen, becoming dependent on the diet That's how they get our money. We are willing to hand over hundreds of dollars for complicated systems when this is not complicated. We have to rework our language around food, how we talk to ourselves, how we feel around food, how we behave around food, and we need to move on. There are so many important things that we are called to do in this life. And obsessing about good and bad food is not worth our time. Let's talk about guilt for a little bit. Because so many people have guilt when it comes to food. And diet culture, let's, let's be honest here. Diet culture has done a great job at teaching us how to feel guilty. So let's break it down. When we feel guilty, I wrote out a couple things that... Um, happen as a consequence of feeling guilty. When someone feels guilty about their diet, they typically try to become more restrictive. When somebody feels guilty about what they ate, they'll frequently skip meals because I know what I just did. I was so bad. I need to get back on track. I need to double down. I need to try harder. I need to be better. And so let me skip foods because that will make up the difference for me overeating earlier. 
For some people, they punish themselves with extra workouts. I'm going to have to work out harder. I'm going to have to do a double workout today so that I can, you know, remedy the fact that I, that I ate a bad food earlier in the day. Some people go to extreme measures and they vomit. You know, let's just put it out on the table. You know, bulimia. They feel so guilty about what they consumed. They think they're a bad person and so they want to purge it from their body. And then the other thing that guilt can create is just this mentality of this is too hard. I quit and I feel really bad. And so when I feel really bad, I eat because it temporarily makes me feel better. Guys, all of these are not great options. We think that guilt is going to help motivate us, but none of these are great consequences of feeling guilty. And why do we feel guilty? Because we tell ourselves that we are a bad person because we ate a bad food. Do you guys see how this cycle happens? Do you see how this works? You know, guilt may be a short-term solution to help you stick to a diet, but it has so many negative long-term consequences on our mental health. And I am here to tell you that nutrition is a long game. So if you think you're going to fix this in a short-term, eight-week, 10-week diet that you pull off of the internet in January because there's a bazillion of them, that's, it's only going to be short-term. Guilt only motivates you for a finite time. But remember, we are in this for the long-term. We are in this because we want to be healthy forever, not just for six months, you know, one year of our life. We want to do this forever. We want to have good self-esteem and self-confidence forever. We want to have longevity. We want to have a good relationship with food. We want to be able to see our kids and our grandkids grow up. You know, we don't want the financial burden of hospital bills and medications. We are doing this for a long time. So let's do it right the first time. And even if this isn't your first time, even if this is your 34th time, let's do it right now. We have to do the work, the mindset work now. You know, so many people are like, okay, you know what? I just want to do the easy thing right now. And then I'll work on changing my relationship with food. That's not how this works. You have got to change your relationship with food on the way down. You've got to change your relationship with food first Because that is the catalyst that's going to drive long-term results. I remember I had a client one time. She came in and um, she literally came in because she wanted to have a healthier relationship with food. That's exactly what she wrote um, in her her, uh, patient information. And I remember having a conversation with her and she said, you know, I always label foods as either forward foods or backward foods like, what does that mean? She's like, well, a forward food takes me closer to my goal of weight loss and a backwards food takes me backwards. And she thought that labeling foods, you know, whatever language you want to use, good, bad, forward, backward, it's all the same. But she came in to fix her relationship with food. But when I told her she can no longer call her foods forwards or backwards foods, that was a hard pill to swallow for her. 
She's like, well, then how am I supposed to, um, how am I supposed to watch my weight? How am I supposed to make sure I hit my goal if I don't create these rules? I said, well, you came in here because you wanted to create a healthier relationship with food. I remember reading this statement. Uh, her name was Isabel Fox and Duke. And she said, you know, you can either pursue sanity or you can pursue thinness. Pick a, pick a lane. You cannot pursue both. I was like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it because, you know, it was true. It was honest. And so even though she came to me saying she wanted to heal her relationship with food, what she really wanted was to be thin. She wasn't willing to let go of the, the things that were causing the problem. She wasn't willing to do the root work because ideally her pursuit always came down to her weight and not to healing her relationship with food. And again, the conversation was, you know, very pointed to let her know this is what you say, but this is what you mean. And those are two very different things. Here's the problem. The minute you begin to label foods as bad, you start to fear it. And three things happen. You start thinking about it more, sometimes to the point of obsession. You don't enjoy eating it because the whole time you're eating it, you can't be present with the food because all you're thinking about is the calories and how bad this is. And the third thing that happens is it makes eating healthy feel like a punishment. That's not what we're doing. How many times have you labeled a food as bad and then never, when you do eat it, don't even enjoy the process? Or you're thinking about how you're going to punish yourself later. That's not what we're doing. Food is meant to be nourishing and pleasurable. Not something that torments us or robs us from joy. So I'm going to give you three steps to fix this. Okay. You know me. What's the practical application part, Adrian? Just get to it. Tell me what I need to do. Step one is you need awareness. Are you labeling foods as good or bad? Are you labeling yourself as good or bad? Bottom line is, is it helpful or harmful to your journey and to your goals? I would say 99.99% it's harmful. So don't do it. Now, just because you say you're not going to do it anymore doesn't mean you're automatically going to stop. You're going to have to catch yourself using that language and then autom automatically replace it with something that's more helpful. But first, we have to become aware of if we do it and when we do it so we can correct it. So step one is awareness. Do you label foods as good or bad? And do you label yourself as good or bad? And if you do, we're going to work on stopping. Step number two, realize that all food has a place. Um, one of the um, medical conditions that sometimes people come into the office with is colitis. And colitis is basically an inflammation of the colon. And everything you know about a healthy diet is reversed in a colitis diet. 
There's no fiber, there's no whole grains, there's very minimal fruits and vegetables, and if you do eat them, you have to eat them in a specific state so that it doesn't make you sick. It's the exact opposite. So guess what? Things like applesauce can be a really great food for somebody with colitis, but somebody else who would label applesauce as bad because it's not a whole food would miss out on the benefits. So rather than thinking of foods as either good or bad, realize that every single food has a place for somebody. You know, also realize that every person has the right to eat all the foods. You know, if you see a skinny person eating ice cream, you don't judge that person. Or you may just be like, oh, wow, she can eat whatever she wants. But we don't give that same, that, what's the word I'm looking for? We don't give that same courtesy to an overweight person. Oh, she should not be eating that ice cream. We judge that person. All people have the right to eat all the foods. Every single person. If you find yourself judging other people, you need to correct that. That is part of the guilt and shame process that the diet culture has taught us. Instead of labeling foods as good or bad, I, if you must label a food, if you're just like, I don't know how I cannot do this, I want you to at least label foods as good, better, and best. At least make all foods on the positive scale versus some foods on the negative scale. Okay, so step one is awareness. Step two is to acknowledge that all food has its place and every single person is entitled to eat all foods. If you are looking at social media feeds, if you are looking at Facebook feeds, Instagram photos that do not support this, you need to delete them. You need to unfollow them. They are just, they're just fueling the cycle the shame cycle and healing your relationship with food is going to be harder and harder. And then step number three is we're going to assign new labels. Good, better, best. All right, guys, let's talk about our recipe for the week. So this week I chose cheesesteak stuffed mushrooms. So I actually made this recipe for the first time when the Eagles played in the Super Bowl because I was trying to do a whole Philadelphia theme. Uh, and it got such great reviews from the family. So I decided this is actually one of the recipes in my book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat. And so um, if you don't have that book already, you can go to Amazon or you can go to our business website, which is bodymetricspa.com, and you can order a book. So the ingredients for this recipe is nonstick cooking spray, Six ounce of thin sliced sirloin steaks, salt and pepper to taste, three quarter cup of chopped onion, three quarter cup of chopped red pepper, one to two cloves of minced garlic, a quarter cup of plain Greek yogurt, two tablespoons of light mayonnaise, two ounces of Neufchatel cheese, which is basically just low fat cream cheese, two teaspoons of Italian seasoning, four ounces of shredded mild mozzarella cheese, and four large portobello mushroom caps. 
So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to preheat your oven to 400 degrees and you're going to grease a baking sheet with that cooking spray. Next, you're going to gently scoop out the gills of the portobello mushrooms. I usually do this with a spoon and you're going to spray the tops with cooking spray. Next, season your steak with salt and pepper and in a large nonstick skillet, cook the steak over medium high heat for about two minutes on each side until it's cooked through. And then you can go ahead and remove it from the pan and let it rest for five minutes before slicing and go ahead and set that aside. And then in the same skillet, you're going to reduce the heat to medium low, spray a little bit more cooking spray in there and saute your onions and peppers for about five minutes or until they're soft. Next, add your garlic and saute one minute longer. Now I want you to add the steak back into the pan along with the yogurt, the mayonnaise, the Neufchatel cheese, the Italian seasoning, the mozzarella cheese, and go ahead and stir it so all of it's combined. And then divide that mixture evenly into the four mushroom caps. And then you're just going to bake in the oven until the cheese is melted and the mushrooms are tender about 20 minutes. And that's it. So it's a great option uh, if you're craving a cheesesteak and you want it to be, you know, for some people, they love the taste, but they want a healthier version. Um, so this is a good compromise between the flavors. Um, but I always say too, anytime you can eat a cheesesteak with a fork, you will slow down and you will be more mindful about what you're doing. So that is your recipe for the week. All right, guys, just want to say thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.